0: My name is Antonio, if you don't know yet. I'm the associate pastor here at Blue Water, and today I will be sharing. Um, So if I could ask you to join me in prayer as we start out, that would be great. So why don't we all stand up? And I want to teach you an ancient prayer, one of the first prayers that the Christian church started praying uh, aside from the Lord's Prayer, it's really easy. It goes, "Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner." So, in a couple ta- couple places within the Gospels, you see people praying this prayer: "Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner." Uh, there was the Canaanite woman who was asking mercy from the Lord. And Jesus said, well, you know, I have come for Israel first. And she says, well, even dogs get the scraps, so have mercy on me. When Jesus was telling a parable about worship, he told a parable about a a tax collector who had realized the weight of his sin and a Pharisee, a religious expert. And he said, I assure you that the tax collector was experiencing fullness. And he was praying... God in heaven, have mercy on me, a sinner. So let's do it together again. Lord Jesus, Jesus. Son of God, God. have mercy on me, me. a sinner. sinner. Now we're gonna add two elements, three elements. We're gonna breathe in the Lord Jesus. So uh, I'll give you the cue. I'll give you the cue of when to do what. Lord Jesus, and let's inhale him. And now we're going to point to our hearts because that's where he is resting. Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And we're going to blow out sinner because that, that's not part of us. Jesus does not want that to stand between us and him. And let's Exhale. Try it one more time with the gestures. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Blue water, I bless you as children of Jesus. You are not defined by how you feel sinful, you're not defined by your past, but you are defined by Jesus' proximity to you, and Jesus is here right now. Thank you, Lord, for being here. Amen. All right. So a quick summary of the messages that we have been going over the last nine months. So we have been understanding and empowering our purpose in life. Then we talked about staying healthy and strong as individuals. And finally, we've just wrapped up a sermon in which we were working on understanding the whole story of God and humanity as printed in scripture so that we could understand our purpose in context. And everything we focused on points to one vital question. How clear-headed and active am I when it comes to influencing people toward God? There might be some here that are just still checking out Jesus. You're fascinated by the teaching. Um, But if we are committed believers, Jesus says that we should be fulfilling our calling somehow by being salt and light. And that's what life's, life's about. Jesus even says that if salt loses its saltiness, then it has no use. So Jesus is calling us to purpose. And how do we accomplish that? We accomplish it through power, through empowerment. And we have defined empowerment in two ways. One, our attitude. And we said that faith is attitude. Your attitude empowers you and it is also the most contagious thing about you. Empowerment is also having a pathway to purpose. And that is your individual path. And it is It is the way that you are actively building for influencing people around you toward God. So, here's the question. How are you influencing people toward God? This whole past year as we've been doing the Purpose series, I've been asking myself, what is my story? How am I influencing people to God? Um, How have I been influenced by God and how have I shared that? And I've come to some conclusions and here they are. Um, I, personally, Antonio, am sharing all the time. And I share in big ways and small ways. And sometimes people want to begin the spiritual journey with Jesus when I share. And sometimes they don't. But I've learned, one, to share faith. Just share faith and then trust that God is up to something good. That's it, that, that's, that's what I've learned through my practice of sharing faith. And so that's what I wanna talk about today. As we fulfill our purpose, as we are being salt and light to the world, how do we share faith and then trust that God is up to something good? Um, so, I just kind of collected some places that I share faith. Um, I share faith through my work, um, the associate pastor here at Blue Water Mission, and you know that's kind of a natural place where I get to share faith because people are constantly asking, um, oh, how do I solve this problem, or um, I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z, but I feel like I can't, Or I need healing in this per- part of my life, or can you pray for me? So that's a, that's a fairly uh, practical way that I share faith. Um, I also share faith, I also work in the theater. You know, I'm, I'm mostly here at Blue Water, but every once in a while, I get to do special projects. And every time I do a special project, I just bring who I am and I give my perspective on the world. So, for example, I'll just go through the past couple plays that I've done. Um, I I directed a play in the fall called Anonymous. It was about a refugee that uh, got lost in war, lost his parents, and he was trying to find his way back to his mom. So, uh, the kids that I was directing, they they, they felt like, well, this is a dark play. I mean, we're, we're talking about war and we're talking about um, loss of family. How, how, do we, how do we process that? And, and that began to affect the theater. That began to, uh, to affect their perspective on how they did the play. And I had to constantly infuse my perspective on life. Well, life is not a, a dark place. Life is a, a place of life. Let's not see this play as a dark play. Let's see it as a play of light. Let's not tell the story of someone who is lost, but let's tell the story about someone who is lost and then found. It's a victory story. Uh, so it's, I go about doing my work through the lens of light. Uh, I would not have picked that project uh, unless I felt that God wants to work through my work or my art to do justice to fulfill some sort of truth in this light, in, in this life, in my life. So, one, how I do my work. Uh, two, what I choose to do. And also, where, where I did my craft. So, there was a time where uh, I was... Bartending. Well, I, I was I was living the life of a starving artist. Uh, so I, I was making theater. I was a part of a theater company. I was auditioning for theater and film. And as we, all of us starving artists know, that that doesn't always pay the bills. So I I found two ways to pay the bills. One. I bartended, which was awesome. That's one of the favorite jobs that I've ever done because you really get to engage people and talk to people. And that was a place where I really got to listen to stories and share some faith. And the other thing that I did is I taught acting, theater, poetry, and lockdown facilities. And I just felt like this is a place where Jesus would be using my craft and my art. And I loved it. I loved going in every day. I loved being used in that way. So my big ways, and my small ways are, I think, the crux of where I share faith. So I've kind of updated my, my, big, my big God-given purpose. So we all have the same big God-given purpose. It's to be salt and light, and when I first, first heard it at the All Church Retreat, I thought, oh, mine is to give voice to Kingdom Seeds, and I kind of went with that. Uh, for a while until I really thought about how am I being salt? How am I being light? And I distilled it to this point. Um, I am being salt and light by restoring order every day through hope. So the world, religion, and chaos is constantly pulling people around us to, to their end of things, uh, and I see that on a, on a daily ba- day, and so whenever I encounter it, I try to restore order through hope. So it might be just offering a prayer, or um, giving a healing, or uh, being light in a passing conversation. It might be just eye contact. If somebody walks in, I feel like they're down, and, and it's just a I see you. I see you. I see you. That that's that that's th- those are the small places where I, I share faith. Or I, w- I recently was in a meeting, not a blue water meeting. It was a it was a different meeting, and it was so fascinating because the meeting started with, "All right, let's um let's share some prayers and praises," and uh, everybody in the room were uh, believers and um and everybody kind of sat there really quietly looked uncomfortable and i was a bit uncomfortable and then i thought in that moment like i this is an opportunity to be be light why why am i not sharing uh so i so i gave a little praise i gave a little prayer request i was vulnerable i said something like uh, oh this week i was we were doing a showing of a film that one of my friends made about his missionary work in Israel. And he's a surfer, he's been traveling to Israel for years, and he's in town, he was staying on the North Shore. And I thought, man, that's a great opportunity to, gra- to gather my neighbors and all my friends that surf and show the film and maybe have a, have a faith discussion. So invited my neighbors, and invited friends that we weren't sure if they were into following Jesus or not. And, and so I was in this meeting of, of believers, and, and I shared that. Can, can you pray for me because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this? And then, and then came to the other part of the meeting where um, we were dreaming about our next opportunity. And the question was, what's something that you were looking forward to? What's something that, that, that you just can't wait to do? And... The first person went and said something like, "Oh, it's gonna be really hard to do this because of that and that." And he basically um, shared, "Like, oh, this is gonna be a tough thing." But there was an opportunity to share kind of of light, but it kind of was the opposite. Have you ever experienced that in a meeting where you know there's an opportunity to share something that's that you're excited about or something that's good and It kind of goes down the road of, oh, here's a criticism, here's a criticism, here's where we're lacking. Um, So those are the small ways in which I can see myself uh, sharing light. And so I have big ways, I have small ways, the bulk of my life is the small ways. And then I have some personal invitations. And when I give personal invitations to the journey of faith, some people are inspired to take the journey, some people are not inspired to take the journey, and some people I just have no idea, uh, but, uh, but I just kind of share and trust that God is up to something good. Uh, so I want to share a little time in which it didn't work out well for me. Um, <laughs> Uh, One of my friends that I met through my work in the theater had sent me a Facebook message, and I I don't use Facebook really well, but uh, it copied to my said like personal message from X Y Z had sent you this uh, something. So I so I opened it up, and it was a dream that she had about me, and so she said, uh, Antonio, I I think. I think there's something going on because I had a dream about you, and it had something to do with spirituality or God, and we should get together, or or what do you think? Or I thought I should contact you because I dreamed that, and so I read it, and I prayed on it, and I was like, oh, I know exactly. I, well, I think I know what the dream means, but I feel like uh, through this opportunity. It's a time in which I should invite them to my Ohana group. So I just want to read you the little email that I wrote back. Thanks for your Facebook message. I'm not very good with faithful, Facebook, but I am capable enough to find your email address. Um, I've been thinking about your dream and what it meant. And I feel like being on a tall building is a symbol of gaining perspective uh, or a trial, and I had known that she had kind of gone through uh, a couple years of a life-threatening disease. And being underwater may have to do with peace or a journey. I also feel that it has some practical uh, relevance, uh, relevance too. I'm a part of an Ohana group at my church that meets in downtown on Beretania across from the Honda dealership. And I realize that if you look out of your workplace, toward the mountains, you can see my friend's apartment where we meet. It's, it's really high. It's on the 34. It has amazing views of the city. And Hawaii feels like an, extreme, feels like an extremely high building. Uh, the church I go to is called Blue Water and may refer to your underwater image. Perhaps your dream is God speaking to both of us. First to you. Um, that's awesome in itself that God is present and wants to talk. Maybe he's saying that the trial you've passed through has given you a new journey on your life, a new perspective on your life. In this new perspective, you have an increased sense of journey. Uh, Next, God, I feel, is speaking to me, uh, suggesting that I should invite you to my Ohana group and that I should just in general, encourage you in life that you're doing awesome. So I'll do that. And I gave the details of when we were meeting and said, uh, "Yeah, let's let's talk." And I, it felt vulnerable. It felt like a risk because I, you know, people know that I that that's how I live my life. But you know, I kind of wait for for occasions in which I can share something so deeply. I really felt like it was a word from the Lord and this was the reply I got. Wow! Your interpretation makes a lot of sense. How interesting that it seems to point to your group. But as much as I appreciate your very thoughtful offer, I don't think a religious group is for me. We should hang though. <laughs> which, is, which is awesome. And I think I could have taken that in two ways. One, don't ask again, the door is closed. Or I could have taken it in, well, I've shared faith and I'm just gonna trust that God is up to something good. And That's that's kind of what I did. Um, I think it was two years ago, we were sitting here at Blue Water, and it was the end of service, and Jordan always says, if you're new, come shake my hand, you know, meet me. I'd love to give you an aloha blessing. So I'm, I'm kind of by there, not, not waiting to give Jordan an, an aloha blessing, but just to, to be there, because sometimes we touch base and meet. And then I see someone that I knew, I think from like 10 years ago, and she goes up to Jordan and says, hi Jordan, my name is so-and-so. Your sermons have been really uh, instrumental in my life and, uh, and and then I realized who it was. It was uh, a girl that I was in a play with in 2001 and I had already forgotten the small shares that I had done with her but she said Antonio when we worked on that play together and we hung out you shared quite a bit about faith with me and you even gave me my first Christian book uh, C.S. Lewis's *Mere Christianity* that started me on my path, and here I am. Three three years ago, I've put my, my faith in Jesus. Um, I'm following for the rest of your life, uh, my, my life. And um, Jordan, I want to thank you because uh, your your sermons influence me uh, uh, always. And Antonio, uh, thanks. I was like, whoa, I would have had and that's the last interaction I've had with her since then and if she didn't come to Blue Water that one day and shared with me, I probably still would not have known that she had begun, even begun to follow the Lord, let alone living life for him, being salt and light. I, I got another call from a friend, so I, I was living in L.A. before I lived here. Actually, one of my friends that I went to grad school with is here this morning um, and it's so, so good to have him here because um, it's someone that we got to journey through uh, a very creatively minded place and a place where if you were to enter it, um, people might might take the perspective of us and them, but uh, the challenge for us was not to see us and them, but to see how is God up to something good? Let me pull out the kingdom. Let, let me just be who I am. And so one of my friends, not, not a follower of Jesus, uh, one of my classmates actually, um, just journeyed through life together. J- I'm just doing small shares in life. I'm just bringing the per- perspective of, my, my big shares of who I am, where I came from. And another one of my other friends who grew up with me in Hawaii, um, I had introduced them, so I, I had passed him off, and he gave me an excited call and he said, Antonio, I, I have some awesome news for you. So I, I feel like I've, this is my friend from Hawaii, I feel like I've had a, a renewal of faith in my life. And so I just started inviting my friends to come with me on this journey and specifically to church. And I invited your friend from, from your school. And at the end of the service, God was really moving. I felt like He was speaking to all of us. And the, the pastor gave an invitation for people that want to be closer to the Lord. So the invitation went up. And of course, in all of those situations, the pastor's like, and with your eyes closed. And, uh, you know the pastor's looking around and we see that everybody has their eyes closed Um, in in just you and god raise your hand if you want to be draw closer to the lord and so so that happened and then my friend was like and during that time i peeked i peeked and i looked around and i saw that your buddy had his hand up and was just there. He was in the presence. He was experiencing the call of Jesus, and, and, and that was the phone call. And if he didn't call me up and tell me that, even though we're best friends, um, I would have never known. That was, that was just one time, and he doesn't talk to me about it uh, on a constant basis. I, I could check up, but that was some stories. So big shares, small shares, the stuff of life where we really kind of get to, to minister and some examples of personal invitations of people that have been inspired to start the journey, people that have, in a sense, that are not ready to start the journey, um, and people that you just, don't, you just don't know. And I think that looking at the life of faith that we're called to, to be salt and light, to constantly be introducing people to a different world, a different perspective. Um, If we kind of get trapped up in our past attempts, or we get trapped up in our ability to share, or how we are doing with God, if we get trapped in that, we actually limit. Um, we 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 actually limit what God is kind of already doing. I feel like he's gonna he's already and always working on people, um, and he doesn't want us to get trapped by those things. So, uh, Blue Water, how are you going? about being salt and light? How are you going about being salt and light in your family, uh, amongst your peers, at work, in our very own faith community? And what motivates you to share faith or to be an influence? Are you depending on criticism and, or praise to, to share faith? Um, The one thing that I have learned is that whether I see or don't see someone begin to take the Jesus path, I've learned to influence, to influence, to share faith over and over and over again, just because it's who I am and because. in the small ways when I am aware, if I can share in that small way later on in life when that person has become, started their journey of faith, that small share that I had given them becomes a big share that they get to share one day. So whether I see or don't see someone begin to take the Jesus route, I've learned to influence again and again and trust that God is up to something good. Here's a, scripture from, uh, here's a story from Scripture that shows uh, a story like that. It, is, it shows how Peter trusts Jesus to overcome his past tries and low self-esteem. So uh, let's, let's bring that up. <clears throat> it's in your bulletin, and it'll be on the big screen. We all know this story. It is... We all might know this story, it is when Jesus is teaching, he he gathers a crowd, he goes a little bit out in the, the sea to create kind of a natural amphitheater, and he teaches more, um, and then he asks Peter to go fishing again. When he asks Peter to go fishing again, they get a huge harvest, and after that harvest, Jesus calls Peter into his larger calling in life. Um, but before we get to that, I want to give you some context of where this story takes place. And I think it goes in the, in the theme of influence, share faith, no matter what, even if people uh, aren't ready to start and even if people are ready to start. So this is in the Gospel of Luke. Luke took a historical account of the, the life of Jesus. So it, it's kind of our most accurate timeline of, of beginning, middle, and end. And uh, this is chapter 5. And before this, we see that Jesus is in the desert. He's being tempted by... By Satan. Uh, he overcomes that, he gains some spiritual power, and he launches into his mission. And he, and he goes to his hometown and he preaches his first sermon. He opens the scriptures, people are gathered, and he reads from Isaiah, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news. And, and after that, people are shocked. They're, they say, who does he think he is? They drive him out of the synagogue uh, not not only out of the synagogue, that would be offensive enough, but they take him to the edge of town, to a cliff, and they try to throw him over the cliff. His hometown, his peeps, his neighbors reject him, and then they try and harm him, or they try and kill him. That, that would feel fairly rejecting to me. Uh, I, 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 might, I might decide, well, um, maybe I should... Um, you know, wait a couple years before I start this. Maybe I should um, start a, you know, a, a different um, campaign amongst my hometown and uh, kind of get, get on their side and then, and then try again. Uh, that didn't stop Jesus. He went to a neighboring town and he shared in another synagogue. And in that synagogue, somebody possessed by a demon shouted out at Jesus and Jesus said, be quiet, get out of him and the guy is delivered from a demon. And then these people are like, oh my goodness, this, this rabbi doesn't teach only with, uh, this rabbi teaches with authority. He's not only stimulating our minds, he is, he is moving spiritually, he is bringing heaven on earth. Um, we like him and we're gonna follow him. And then, and then after that, he goes to his friend's house, uh, his friend Simon, his mom is sick, has a fever, and he goes there, and, and he heals her, and of course his mom is like, thank you for healing me, I like you, I want, I want to follow you. Um, and then other people hear about it, and they start bringing people to him. Uh, this, this person is uh, tormented by a demon, this person needs he, uh, healing for sickness, and Jesus gives it out gives it out. And so we have people rejecting, people accepting, Jesus influencing. Now he he's already kind of gathered a crowd. He goes to the lake. He's hanging with some of his friends. He hung out with with fishermen. Peter was one of them. And Peter had probably been listening to his teaching quite a bit, so he probably felt, "Hey, you know, I I I want to follow you, Jesus. I I accept you. I'm 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 in your way. And and right before this, Peter and his boys went fishing. They didn't catch anything. This was this was all night. They were they were fishing during the cool of the night. That's when it makes sense. And and then they come to shore. Jesus is there. The crowd is around. Jesus begins teaching again. And this that's where we start. Uh, it says one day. As Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, there, left there by two fishermen who were washing their nets. So they were washing their nets because they had fished all night. Um, and I love to work and listen to something cool, so they were probably doing that, you know, mending their nets, stuff that got, got ripped ripped, they were mending that. they were taking out trash maybe, and, and listening to Jesus' teaching. Then he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out to shore. So I like this moment because we kind of see a progression of Peter. One, he's, he's listening, he's gathered around listening to Jesus' teaching. Uh, two, Jesus asks for a little part of his work, a little part of his life. And, and Peter says, sure, yeah, uh, you know, you heal my friends, you've been attracting us with teachings, have a little part of my life. And then, and Jesus does the bulk of his teaching there, and if you've been around Jesus anytime, you know that Jesus' teaching is fascinating. I would say that people worldwide agree that he is one of the great spiritual leaders, so this would draw a crowd almost anywhere. And then comes the pivotal point. He says, uh, oh, can we go to the next slide? When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Peter said, Jesus, I'll totally do that because you know how to fish. I know that you, even though you're a carpenter and you spent your, spent your life doing that, uh, yeah, yeah, why not? No, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> um, he said, Simon, Simon answered, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Um, you don't know what you're talking about, man. We're, 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 we're tired, we fished, you don't know this place. And then here it is, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So he goes from listening, a little piece, gives a little piece to Jesus. And then he gives the big trust. And what happens? (laughs) Is Jesus up to good or does he just want to tire Peter out so he'll be calm submissive? Uh, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners to the other boat, uh, in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were all astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to the shore, and they left everything and followed him. I... Love the quality that Peter exhibits when he talks to Jesus, um, who was his friend, but he had started calling him master, so he recognized him as a spiritual teacher. Um, But I love that he felt so open to say, nah, we we fished all night, I I don't think this is worthwhile. That he was open enough to say that, and, and he gave an opportunity for Jesus to respond to him um, so, Peter was pretty authentic with himself. He was like, of course, he didn't know that he was God back then, but he wasn't like, you know, I'm going to hold myself in and, and uh, you know, hide my, my true self. Uh, he, he let himself out and worked with Jesus. And then when the catch comes in, Peter could have said, I did it! Look at this hall that I got in. We even needed everyone to help. It it ripped the nets. I'm such an awesome fisherman. Jesus, you were right. Um, Instead, he said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Um, And I think there's something in that. I think there's something in when we recognize the divine or when we travel with the lord and we are tasked with something to do um and if we don't feel like we're there spiritually we we're so tempted to say i, I don't want to partner with you um I'm, I'm too messed up you know i i don't think i can do my purpose right now because um yeah I'm, I'm not connecting with you, you know. Uh, I think in this story we see Jesus saying, well, just, just do my purpose. Um, be open with me and, and you will be connected with me. Um, if I could summarize what Jesus says um, when he says, don't be afraid. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Uh, I, I would say it like this. Um, Peter... With this heart, you are ready to handle my people. Peter, you've worked and worked. Uh, You've come to realize the limitations of your own self, um, which is good. But now you realize the capacity of your master. Trust that I am up to something good. And. Finally, one of my favorite, another favorite lines of the scripture. And so they pulled up their boats up on the shore and they left everything and followed him. When you display integrity in your life of following Jesus, when you're, when you're authentic and people recognize that, um, they will be also inspired to leave everything and, and follow Jesus. So what does that say to us? How do we incorporate that into our life as maybe people that are just listening to the teaching or to people that have, get, have begun to work with Jesus or people that have um, trusted Jesus in big ways and, and, and the results maybe haven't been what you wanted or, or people that feel like um, I, I feel disqualified to, to partner with the Lord. How, what is it speaking to us? Um, I would say this, like Peter, we are all called to be fishers of men. Uh, sharing faith is establishing order through hope but not in a canned cliche way he asks us to do it in a way that is authentic to us. And he'll call you in your own way. And when you share, you should make it your own and trust that God is up to something good. Uh, so do that, go out and share. Uh, don't let the past hold you down. Uh, don't let how you feel when you, uh, how, how you, your current situation with maybe confidence or low self-esteem affect how you share. Um, and here are, some, here are just some, some basics that, that I do that I could offer to all of you. Um, something that I do, I, I be present, uh, I lead with listening, and I value people. I love that our first question of our discipleship questions, in which we use for people that follow Jesus, and people that don't are, what is God speaking to you these days? I, so we, we ask a question and then we listen. Um, we're present and we lead with listening. Um, and then I would say value people. Everyone is looking for something deeper more meaningful in life um, and, the, and I guarantee that there is a place in their life that chaos is taking hold and they are longing for order. And people might not reveal it at first pass or second pass or for a really long time, um, but we just have to be patient, be available, and when Jesus speaks to to try again, to cast our nets, then we should. Um, If we lead by, and then, if we lead by listening and valuing People usually respond in kind. That's, that's the law of the world. Uh, what you give, people will give back. Um, so be ready when people respond. Be ready when people are present with you, when they ask you a question. Um, they will want to listen, and they will value you, and they will want to take part in it. And when that, when that time comes... You can give a big share, uh, or you can give a small share. You could give a personal invitation, and some, some people will be inspired to start the journey at that time. Uh, some will not, and some will have begun, and you might not see it or hear about it for uh, further down the road, further down the road. One point that I want to make about big shares, we have a lot of big shares around Blue Water Mission, um, and it gives a lot of energy. Uh, we have a big share about how God has healed uh, people in our congregation. So one person that I think about is our friend from Kona, who had been healed for stage four, healed from stage 4 lymphoma cancer. Um, he was really on death's doorstep. Um, and we walked through him at that time. Uh, doctors weren't giving him a chance. And, and he walked through it. The Lord healed him. And now, he, can't, he cannot not share. Every time I talk to him, it's like, it's like the book of Acts. It's like, oh, 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 Antonio, I was on the bus. And, uh, you know, I saw somebody uh, struggling with this. So I shared it with my testimony. And I... And, and I, and I know Jesus can do it, and, and, then, and then he had a healing right there. Or, oh, and you know, I, I have to go to my doctors every six, months or so, every six months or so, and every time I go in, I say, it's a miracle, isn't it? And, and I share with them, and they said, yeah, you know, you, we didn't give you much chance, but, but the Lord healed you. And now they're following, so he, <laughs> he cannot not share his big share. Or another big share that I love to share it at Blue Water is our, our, our big shares about justice ministry. I think that is a big strength that we have as believers because people just want to get involved in helping out. Um, in K2, we have constant, uh, our community house, constant big shares about people receiving spontaneous family all the time. We, we took this person who didn't have a home, we gave them spontaneous family. Um, she ended up uh, passing away at our house, but through us, there was a reunion between mother and son. This is amazing. Or, uh, we started a justice restaurant, and uh, God supplied uh, a ton of, of, of resources for it, and, and people's lives were changed. I think the big shares give a lot of energy for our congregation, and we can ask people, to, to enter in with that. But they can also not be helpful for a certain individual because you might say like, ah, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have a, a big share, like maybe I shouldn't share. Uh, I just wanna break that off right now and say that uh, yes, lean on our big shares as a congregation. Uh, people will join us because, because of it, but do not not share be, your big shares because you don't have that exact same same testimony. Uh, but when you find your big share, or take some time and find it, articulate um, how the Lord has given to you, and, and you know, make a practice of, of speaking that to people. Um, approach all your, your big, big things with that, um, but also take advantage of the small shares. And uh, one of my... Favorite Authors uh, calls these sm- small chairs sliding door moments. And I just want to read the text of what a sliding door moment is. Sliding door moments are the seemingly inconsequential everyday moments filled with the words we haphazardly throw back and forth at each other. Accompanied by little evanescent effine- pains, frustrations, joy, and laughter, flying through our minds and our hearts that make or break the most important relationships in our lives. So the sliding door moments may seem inconsequential, but uh, I think we, one, have to be aware of it, and two, take the opportunity to give a small share So, what can we do in this next week? What's an application point or a moment of clarity? Uh, Let's let God influence you, not just intellectually, let him move your spirit. Um, I do this on a weekly and daily basis. So weekly, I come to church, I get filled up with during worship and listen to the sermon and inevitably, God will speak something really powerful to me. Um, but the spiritual journey doesn't stop there. Uh, the question is, how do we integrate that moment of clarity into our lives? So I take, I take that, that revelation, that moment of clarity, that experience, that healing, that feeling and I let it integrate my life and I pass it on uh, on Sundays. And then to remind myself, I take at least 10 minutes every day. Ideally, I can spend like 45 minutes to an hour and I'll just sit with the Lord and probably read some of his scripture, read a poem, look at a painting, um, let his spirit, his truth speak something to me and I let it speak it here And then I let it go into my spirit. Uh, And then I say, this will not stop here. Um, I am going to pass it on to somebody today. And Lord, I trust that you're going to supply that moment. And I'm going to be aware of it. And if it's a situation where I feel like I don't want to share or I'm affected by my Sinfulness or my past tries. I'm just going to share anyway. So do that. Give a spot on your boat for at least 10 minutes each day. Let God influence you, not just intellectually. Let it move into your spirit and share. So, what if we, as a church, just don't stop at the moments of clarity or the mountaintop experience or the healing or the filling. We don't stop there, but we integrate that into our life and then we share faith. We expound the kingdom on a daily, on a weekly basis. What if we do that? If we are faithful in doing that, in bringing the light, bringing hope, bringing healing, bringing deliverance, then God will be faithful in making us a community of light, a community of hope, a community of healing, a community of individuals. He will be faithful in, you, in making you a minister of him, a individual of light, an individual of hope, an individual of healing, an individual of deliverance. And then people will come, non-believers, um, people that, that feel like they're, they're not ready to start. They'll eventually come because they are desperate for hope. People are desperate for faith. We just have to be willing to transfer some of that that we get on a daily, weekly basis to them. When Jesus supplied an abundant catch to Peter, Peter said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus replied with, don't be afraid. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Um, so maybe we can all stand and pray the opposite prayer pray that ancient prayer that many others in the gospel have prayed lord jesus son of god have mercy on me a sinner let's do that together lord jesus let's take it inhale is here, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, let's exhale, inhale, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner.